0: Good morning. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We've gathered today to hear a story, the story. And we're going to be reflecting on that from Luke chapter 2, if you want to follow along on your phone or tablet or whatever. I thought, how would we characterize this story? Is it a romantic comedy? No? Sci-fi? Not really. Uh, Drama, yeah. Uh, How would we characterize it? And uh, I think we would just call it a love story. But it's not a love story of Mary and Joseph, is it? It is the love story of God and us. That's what this story is about. Uh, We know it wasn't a love story between Joseph and Mary because we know it was an arranged marriage. They had no say in it. Uh, And that just reminds us all the more that it's a love story for us, about us. I mean, what kind of romance story starts with an edict that your taxes are going up? Which is how the story begins. Uh, an issue from Caesar that you needed to return to your home of origin, your family, your clan home, in order to enroll so that Caesar could tax you more. And that's what they had to do. Caesar lived an extravagant life, and he had loyal subjects to finance that. And the people in Judea looked at Caesar as someone who could turn their life upside down with the stroke of a pen. And that is what he did. Joseph had to stop work, lose income, to travel four to five days to Bethlehem so he could pay more taxes. That's how the story begins. And Mary, his betrothed, would have to go with him. Couldn't keep her behind. And so they set out on foot. We like to think that they set out on donkey. Historians tell us that donkeys were reserved for the rich and the wealthy. It could have been that she rode a donkey. I don't know about riding a donkey for five days. But most likely, historians tell us, they both walked. And as they got near to Bethlehem, They looked for an inn, which would have been simply a room attached to an existing house. Maybe even the roof that they would have put a covering over. I remember growing up thinking there would be this sign, uh, Holiday Inn of Bethlehem or something like that along the road, but definitely not. They were just looking for a room, an inn it was called in those days. And finally, we know that what was given to them was a barn, a cave, where they kept their animals. And not even a barn that we would think of in today's day and age if we would think of a horse barn, a nice fluffy hay and straw that uh, the people would have cleaned every day like people do today. Not at all. Stinky, smelly cave. With animals. Likely no straw or hay. Uh, back in those days, you brought the animals to the hay. You didn't bring the hay to the animals. Likely very bare. And then Mary went into labor. Maybe when they arrived, maybe a couple days, uh, the commentators seem to say that Matthew records that they were in a home when the Magi came, so they had some time to settle, but likely very quickly after they arrived in Bethlehem, born was baby God, God with flesh, real skin. And the text tells us it was only those three. And so we read the first part of the story. Dan, if you could help bring us along here. Then this story, filled with common people, common places, and events, takes a sudden turn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Sometimes the wording of the angels can seem a bit odd for us. That's because translators are trying to get it right and for it just to sound right as well, not just to be accurate, but to be good to the ear to hear. Uh, We would think that an angel would say, it's a boy or it's a girl or something like that, But the angels say something different. In fact, in the ancient languages, often the first words of the sentence were more important. It says, To you, born this day in the city of David. And then again, to you is born. To you the gift has come. The emphasis is being on you. This is not simply a story for you to enter into. This is your story. To you is born a Savior. And what was that like for Joseph and Mary? Use your holy imagination with me. An outcast ridiculed in Nazareth for months. A four to five day trek under normal conditions from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Scorching days in October when they traveled. Freezing nights when they were out under the stars. Into a stinking, smelly barnyard. Not those nicely groomed things we have today. And how tough was childbirth? Not easy. No older women there to serve as midwives. Just Joseph, a young man, 18 to 20, who had never been a part of childbirth before, unlike the young girls within a community that would get to be a part of it, to see and to understand and to know, And then, after the birth, how easy or difficult that might have been. The afterbirth. How do you clean that up? This is life. Emotionally, physically, maybe at the bottom of the heap. No one there to celebrate with. No halals coming from the community of women but spiritually, it was not just a child to them, but a child for them. Baby God, born for them. Jesus meets us in much the same way. Meets us in our deepest points. Meets us at the bottom of the heap if that's where we happen to be, with promises, with hopes, with provisions. To you, the Savior is born. So maybe to you, this Christmas, it hasn't been the Christmas you have been expecting or the Christmas that you had hoped. Maybe there's something that's been going on in your life. We know definitely in the world that's left us a bit nervous not as we would want it to be. Maybe you could say, like Joseph and Mary, though in different circumstances, you too feel like, is this what God is calling me to do? To celebrate on this day? And reflecting on the story, trying to see it through the eyes of Mary and trying to see it through the eyes of Joseph, and where they were at, I thought, maybe this is where some of us are at. So I'd just like to pause and offer prayer for those of us whose Christmas isn't what we want it to be, what we'd hoped it to be, what we long for it to be. I invite you to join me in prayer. Father God, as we hear and reflect on this story, We thank you that to us, a child is born. Your gift represents hope. It represents your presence. It represents your promises. So Father God, in whatever circumstances that we find ourselves in, wherever we have journeyed from, or we are journeying to, Thank you for being with us. Thank you for your care as we reflect on your care for Mary and Joseph on that day, on that night. We pray, Lord, that your care will come upon us and those we know, family and friends, where it's not the Christmas we had hoped it would be to celebrate. We come with sadness in our hearts, For certain things that have gone on and certain things that are going on. We offer this up to you for you to meet us, to be caring for us, that we might revel in your promises and in your goodness. Father, we offer ourselves to you for your glory in our lives for your goodness to be a part of our life and whatever sadness we have. Lord, thank you that you hear us and you're present with us. Amen. Back to the angels. And then the angels come. It says, A sign has been given to them. Baby God wrapped in cloths and it says this is a sign what this means is this baby represents more than just the event itself but beyond and so as the shepherds are told to come to see the baby it's not simply to come to gawk <laughs> to look at but to know there's something more going on that this baby is a pointer a sign to them born for them in this city. We read, Then, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. They didn't say, Let's go and see if it's true. Let's go and wonder if this is a hallucination that we're seeing about the angels, whether there's really something going on or not. They came to see what was born for them, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And then, the rest of the story. When they had seen him, They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pardoned them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as had been told them. What was it that the shepherds told the others that made them amazed? That there was a baby in Bethlehem? More than that. Born for you all is the Savior, the Messiah. Born for us. And that's what we celebrate on this day whatever day he was born on. Today is the day we celebrate, born for us, Messiah, Savior, Protector, author of life, giver of good gifts, all these wonderful things of who Jesus is. The story is, no matter our past, no matter what we've done, no matter what greasy little sins we've committed this week, however pious we've tried to live, or how miserable we've failed in the Christian life, whether we come from a family that's economically prosperous or just wondering how we're paying the bills this month, whoever we are, wherever we've come from, the angel's voice tells us, For us, born is the Savior, the Christ. This is a love story, God's love story for us. And we celebrate on this day together now, maybe with family, maybe with friends, even more, that because of Jesus, he has brought us into God's forever family to extend promises and covenants with us today and always. Amen.